Hey, Film Files. I'm just going to say Happy Halloween because it's close enough. I know me and Ben appreciate the Halloween just for the justifiable reason to watch horror movies. So, we are not talking about a horror movie tonight. We decided on... Depends on your point of view. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I mean, there are moments... I wanted to. I would have liked to watch this with you. I would have liked to watch this with you, Tommy, and the Room. But Tommy was the only other, I guess, musical of sorts that we. Well, that was a full fledged musical. I would say so. I mean, that's Tommy, almost oh, in its yeah. own category, though. That's rock it's, opera. I mean, I it's guess. a rock opera drug induced. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, Tommy was just. That's just well beyond. I was like trying to scratch my head of what to make of this. What What does this mean? Yeah. What does this broken pinball symbolize? So if it you, symbolizes drugs. Yeah, it does. Right. What's the meaning of the movie? Drugs. drugs. I'm pretty sure the screenplay symbolizes drugs. At least, I mean, the, especially the, the Tina Turner part. We all know. I mean, I don't oh think she had to act. Oh, oh, yeah. She wasn't really Tina acting. Yeah. She, they, like, they just said stem. She's like, oh, I, 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 I didn't know I was being filmed. Wait, when did we Wait, roll? When did we roll? We got exactly. it. I, <laughs> so if you haven't guessed, which would have been impossible by now, what movie we're doing, <laughs> we chose Hairspray. It's interesting that I've picked... I believe 100% of the musicals when I don't even like musicals a whole lot. Yeah, and you even picked I guess Final just Tap, two. which is... Kind well, of, maybe that was mine, that, I guess that one's more of like a mockumentary. No, it's a music. It is a rockumentary. It's a mockumentary. Mockumentary. Rockumentary. Mock rockumentary. So, so stick with us. This is movie show theater. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What we've got here is failure to communicate. Open the pod bay doors, now. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm afraid I can't do that. What do you want? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around and pull it down. What's your favorite scary movie? Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Okay. Now, blubby bottle of cheap, stinking chip oil! You warthog-faced... Half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! This is... Theater. Before we jump into the excitement that we're holding in for Hairspray from 1988, <laughs> I was talking to Ben last night, one of my good friends, uh, Steve Warner, he's a film studies professor at Bradley, and he always, uh, every October, he challenges his students to watch 30 horror movies. 30 horror movies. During That's the month lot. of October. That is a lot. I like the idea of it, but the actual logistics of watching one movie a day is actually really tough so the whole idea is to stick with movies that you haven't seen or movies that you don't know very well and if you miss a day that's okay you just have to watch two the next day that's pretty brutal i love horror films but i i kind of agree with what anna said because she was there as well in that when you kind of make yourself do something like that especially when it's something like film where you know it should be a treat for you it almost becomes an exercise well when anything that's fun that becomes a job ceases to be fun yeah yeah i I I think that the actual selection of the the movies too because we've we've done a lot of films on this show and we've done a lot of movies on this show oh sure a lot of times there's just eye candy that you're not really in the mood for that's not really meant to be taken seriously or analyzed i'm gonna i'm gonna try it because there's a whole handful that uh, of classics that I've never seen. Some of the movies I've never seen are An American Werewolf in London. You've never seen that one? No. That's that that absolutely has the one of the most epic transformation scenes I, ever. Yeah, I've, it's pretty amazing. I know it's, the relevance it's, of it. Absolutely, it it changed everything as far as that goes. Because beforehand, it might have been, you know, a fade in. You know, the hair would fade into being or whatever, and mm-hmm. like with the old, you know, werewolf. Or they just or, cut away and then they, they cut, cut away back. and then they the back and they're fully transformed. No, this shows the bones breaking and reforming and the snout growing and it's visceral and disgusting and wonderful yeah and it came long before the thing right it was before 1982 uh no i want to say it, it might it be 80s. it might be early 80s or here let me look it up real quick it might be early 80s but i thought it was even late 70s so let's see a merkin so anyway yeah i, I that that would be a truly a strange. It's uh, nineteen eighty one. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was right. Late so 70s, right around the time. Yeah. But I'm not a big fan of uh, the guy who directed it, John Landis. I think he's most uh, notorious for Animal House, which just never really connected with me. I think I'm really? too young. Yeah. It's like I was explaining it to somebody earlier. It would be like the way that somebody in their 40s wouldn't understand why Chris Farley is funny. You know, it's like a generational kind of humor where like... I think I, ta- Tommy Boy was hysterical. Well, you're a rare breed. Not well, everybody think, does. I think part of the problem, too, with Animal House is that after it came out, everybody else emulated it, imitated it, whatever you want to call it. So by the time our, our generation came along, we had probably seen it multiple times without actually right. seeing the source of oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and, and no, it I believe sucks, that. too, for yeah. people who were raised on Animal House because, of course, in their mind, they're screaming like, this did it first. This was the origin of the fart joke or, you know, whatever. Whatever, right. But I just, yeah. I can't. Or like Caddyshack is one that I appreciate. I respect Caddyshack and what it did That's for That's another one that comedy. makes me laugh every single time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I want to give I want to uh try another John yeah. Landis film. So that's what that's so there's a Facebook group called Horror Challenge 2016 that you can look up. Yeah. It's this uh group where uh everybody throws in what they're going to watch and okay. has their thoughts and opinions and it's like a book club for movies. You could call it a movie club actually. Well, that would make more that sense would, than that's, a book club because for that's movies, what it is because it would be a movie. Book. Right. So we're going to, I think we have a couple trivia questions here. And I had this idea a couple days ago. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen these YouTube videos that are movie trailers recut to look like very different kind of film. Mm-hmm. There's like a Shining one that is recut to look like a comedy. And there's a <laughs> Dumb and Dumber that is recut to look like a thriller. So I thought, what if we did this with uh, in literary form and reworked movie plots to try to stump each other so that they wouldn't be able to guess what movie we were talking about. So this was more time-consuming than I thought it would be. Yeah, it, I, I started to give it some thought, and I'll be honest, when I got busy, I just was like, okay, yeah, this is. I'm going to have to actually sit down and do this, and then never got around to yeah. it again. So. Well, I only came up with one, so okay, good. that's all right. All right, that's fine, yeah. What do you got for us? All right, so you guys have to tell me what movie I'm talking about. All right. When growing up is hard and life doesn't always go as planned, a misfit group of friends in their 40s are visited by someone from their past who has come to remind them what it's like to feel like a kid again and to remember that magic is real. I think that that is um, the plot line for it. It could be, uh, is it Nightmare on Elm Street? And it's the one where um, Nancy's an adult. Oh, that's uh, um, New Nightmare, right? Yeah. yeah. It is it. it it's it. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very, very excellent. I guess got the some... part with the giant spider, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's some relevance God. there because they just finished uh, filming that. The new, remake. the new version of it mm-hmm. is it is it going to be? I haven't read about it yet. Is it going to be like a like a standalone one or two hour film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, don't think it's it. going to be quite a are double they? V. Oh, yeah. are they really? Instead of jumping back and forth from the past to the present, they're going to have one film that's in the past and one film that's in the present. And I think they so they mess with the timeline <laughs> of the book itself. And then I think too, what they might have done is, uh, they they changed decades. For the kids to where, I believe they're kids in the 80s, and then oh. when they're adults, it's more in the present time. More in the present time. Okay, interesting. Well, I could see where they would do that, just for the sake of uh, drawing new people into the fold, if you will, with that. So. Yeah. Plus, too, they, they released images of the new character design of it, and it's definitely more drab. And it's also pretty divisive as well, but the thing is, it's just a couple of photos, so... You don't right. really know if that's the way it will really look in the film. And it was like Entertainment Weekly, too, so yeah. they really amped it up. Well, I think it's interesting that the character who's doing Pennywise this time around, as soon as you see any semblance of his appearance, you know that he's going to be terrifying and murderous. Whereas <laughs> the original It was interesting because before Tim Curry opens his creepy mouth with his sharp teeth, he looks pretty innocent, <laughs> and they kind of make him up to look... Friendly. He's got bright colors. He's, right, his outfit right. is clean. I mean, he, he is a 
traditional looking clown at that point, almost, you know, almost bozo-esque a mm-hmm. little bit. But um, I'll be honest with you, that itself scared me. Oh, he yeah. He didn't have to open his mouth and show us his pointed teeth or whatever. I mean, he just, and the way he spoke and the inflection with which with with he spoke yeah. was always so terrifying to me. I think so much of that is exclusively Curry, too. Oh, yeah. geez, yes. Well, plus, too, that was, that was kind of a change from the original novel because in the novel I think there are a few lines where they mention when um, Pennywise was still, you know, uh, uh, let's just say a working clown that children would just burst out into tears when he was around. I'm but just a Tim Curry class clown. I think Tim Curry made it more terrifying by having you think, well maybe he's going to I don't know Tie balloon animals? No, he's not. He's just going to kill tie some your kids and steal their souls. Into yeah, balloon animals. Yeah, that's but, a really yeah. interesting point too, because this incarnation of Pennywise only exists for murder and terror, where the other one is a little bit more ambiguous, and it, it's not clear mm-hmm. what the intentions are. Maybe. Uh, okay, I, I think I think the uh, in, my mind, in my own mind in my own mind. The book itself is very clear on what the intentions are of this creature, you mm-hmm. know, and and what it is all about. And I think Tim Curry, when he did it, I mean, in my opinion, he's the only one of all of those characters that was true to the book, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, he, he was happy with the movie too. Oh from yeah, the interviews that I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's not act, very... well, some in some instances, the adult acting was worse than the kid acting. If they that were, makes sense. The adult acting was way worse. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, they, there were some good actors in it, but for the most part, the 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 cheesy 1950s humor taking place in the 80s as adults just wasn't happening. Yeah. You know, it really wasn't happening at all. And so that that annoyed me, I think, more than anything. But mm-hmm. you know, them, you know, coming back together and acting like they were little kids instead of the adults who they were. So Yeah, I think it makes a big difference which perspective they start out on because if you see them as little kids, it might build your love and trust mm-hmm. for these characters because... I think generally you're more forgiving towards child actors. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and especially with a horror movie when the director needs the viewer to feel vulnerable and weak and, you know, kind of break them down. I think it's best to start with, like, a little kid. Let's let's get you back in the mindset. Let's get you back in the mindset, definitely. See, I guess that it, it comes out, the first part comes out on September 8th of 2017. So a whole year. So a whole year. At least he made it out of production hell. Yeah, finally. Just like, speaking of Stephen King novels, just like The Dark Tower. I don't know. We'll see, Ben. Fingers crossed. I know. I know. I feel the same way because, quite honestly, I was a little... I don't know. Idris Elba. I love him as an actor. I don't know if he can pull off Roland. I guess it it depends on how they explain it. Because there are a billion different ways to explain it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or maybe they just won't mention it. Maybe. Have you tried to steer away from reading and spoiling yourself? I mean, I'll see blurbs, but I don't read the full-blown articles. I'll see links on Stephen King's Facebook mm-hmm. page, but I I don't delve too deep into it. Just because, I, they, I, like I said, there are a billion different things they could do, and I don't want it spoiled even if I don't really enjoy the right. movie. I want to be at least a little bit surprised by it. Because it seems like they're going in a completely new direction where it almost works as a sequel to all the books. And they still want new people who are unfamiliar with the books to be able to understand it. So it's like, good luck with that. Because there are yeah, a lot of ideas bouncing There's a bouncing lot around. of things that are going on there. Books, so some books this thick, you know? I mean, well, the, the last couple were, definitely. Oh, so. God. It's like, wait, yeah. what's happening? Let me reread the yeah. last 15 pages to figure out yeah. what just happened. No kidding. So... Well, we'll see. It's kind of amazing to me how it seems like the public is demanding more and more inside information on movies and TV shows. Like, I figured it was coming out uh, Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just after I'm Christmas. I'm sure it'll yeah. be. I'm sure we'll get a trailer in a couple months, like a teaser. Yeah, but we'll the Star to, Wars, yeah. the Star Wars was insane. How early they started. Oh, geez, them. yeah, yeah. And like, I miss the days when you would get. Like a 30-second teaser, like two weeks before a movie comes out. Yeah. Like, I can't believe American Horror Story, the new season, just came out. And they were able to keep it a complete secret. Really? Up until just... Up until when it it aired, aired, yeah. And um, they released 15 
15 second teaser trailers that were all a very obvious what this is about. And then they said that only one of them is real. Oh, jeez. So I thought so, that, was, that was really cool because, yeah. That takes a lot of work. Takes it's a lot a of work. It's a magic trick. And it's the whole idea of, like, trailers giving away too much. You know, people feel like trailers oh, yeah. are revealing too much. When well, that, that might be not, true, but they're making... They're made to want people to, to, to pique their interest, to get them to come to see the movie. Right. So. They're obviously successful to the industry. Otherwise, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be, doing be doing them. They wouldn't be doing them, yeah. Absolutely. So, so did you get uh, trivia, Ben? You got a cue for us? Who was the first female monster to appear in a movie? Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Bride of Frankenstein. I like to think I would have gotten that. Yeah. And then there, it's really a mixed bag when you're going online because you'll find Absolutely. one good and the rest question. Are just disgustingly simple. Or they're just not good. Or that. Excluding the word the, which word appears the most often in Bond film titles? Die. Um, R. Never. Oh, yeah. Never say never. Never. Well, that really wasn't even a Bond film. Yeah, that's true. Technically, Never Say Never Again is is not a Bond film. It's is a, that it was the one a, where he's at the re- rehab facility, like the ski retreat? Right, lodge. right. But that's when that Sean Connery came back to be James Bond again after retiring from being James Bond. And it wasn't... It was never... Technically, a James Bond film. I it think wasn't based it was just on a, a re- book. Well, it's a oh, it was a it was based on a uh, yeah, it was based. Well, on, I guess that was Casino yeah. Royale. But it it what was it considered? I mean, it's just a remake of another movie. Yeah, I think it was Moonraker or something. not Moonraker, but it was something else. It, Never say never again was basically a shot for shot remake of something. So well, that makes me happy because Never Say Never was I not was, a good a really movie. Crappy James Bond. Yeah, movie. it was. Well, I He's mean, Sean Connery get... was older and he wasn't in his prime and he looked older, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, not not the best in, indeed. So. I used to really dislike Timothy Dalton until we just recently started watching uh, Penny Dreadful on Netflix. Have you oh, heard of it? Oh, yeah. No, I I've, not, I've, it. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. It takes place in the 1800s in London, and it kind of blends all different forms of folklore. There's like Van Helsing, there's Dr. Frankenstein, there's probably Dracula's coming in. But they don't like rush it, and they don't force it, and it's not like a... It's not what you would expect, but it's more Sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's really good and it's told <laughs> very seriously and very not campy. And Timothy Dalton plays the lead, and uh, that guy is classy as fuck. Yeah, he's he an has elegant, his elegant. Oh man. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And I maybe want to go that. back and and double check that The Living Daylights is no, as bad horrible. as I remember. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anything else for us, Ben? Yeah, I found one. Okay. In Hitchcock's film, The Trouble with Harry, what was The Trouble with Harry? Birds. Oh, man. Um, I don't think I ever saw that. I didn't know it was Hitchcock. Yeah, no. I don't have any idea. I'll say decomposition. Close. He's dead. Harry's dead. Ah. Obviously. There you go. That's probably a point there, then. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) Point. <laughs> it's Hitchcock. I figured I might as well try it. Yeah, absolutely. Next week, we're going to be doing a film called Seven Samurai from 1954. That's uh, it's a pretty long movie. Um, three hours plus. It's three hours plus. So it got me thinking, what's the longest movie, major studio feature ever filmed? I'm going to read off five movies. And try to tell me which one you think is the longest and which one you think is the shortest. Okay. All right. Ben-Hur from 1959. Godfather Part Two from 1974. Lord of the Rings Return of the King from 2003. Gone with the Wind from 1939. And The Ten Commandments from 1956. Ten Commandments was the longest. I want to say that. Because I remember when they would put it on on television, on network television, like around Easter, it would be like this four-hour affair in Oh, my with house. the commercials? With that's the commercials ridiculous. and everything. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking that was the longest. But um, uh, I'd have to say The Godfather Part Two was the shortest of those. That would be my, my guesses. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, those were pretty good guesses, huh? Yeah, I think yeah, those were pretty good. I think the Peter Jackson. I think the 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 Lord of the Rings was longer. If you take the well, if you do the theatrical version, it wasn't necessarily longer, but it it was longer than a Godfather. I think. I can't believe that wasn't a double VHS. I know. What the hell? I know. Titanic was. I know. know. I'll just go Ben-Hur for the longest and then Godfather 2 for the shortest. Uh, Gone with the Wind was longer by one minute. It was 221 minutes. And the shortest was Godfather, as Stu quite accurately pointed out. Cool. Uh, Do they really however, need that minute? Huh? Do they really need that extra minute? I guess. It was just a Stanley Kubrick uh, black screen for right. a full minute. Exactly. But um, Lars Van Trier, who's one of the creepiest art house directors, mm-hmm. um, all of his stuff is nightmare material. Like, makes David Lynch look like a Muppet baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he directed a movie in 2014 called Nymphomaniac that was 325 minutes. What? I bet it was really great, too, wasn't it? It probably was. I mean, it's I, I sat and watched... With a name like Nymphomaniac. Hey, hey. Uh, I watched a movie that he did called Antichrist. That was... Oh, is that the one where Willem Dafoe gets his uh, right. nether region smashed? Yeah. Yeah, he gets his nether regions totally oh. smashed. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. It's like, oh, well, maybe I'll just skip this one. It's yeah. like the most... It is probably the most beautifully shot movie I've ever seen while also having the most disturbing imagery. Ooh. Getting his That's nuts not... smashed with a cinder block. And... <sighs> oh, his thank you, no. His dick is in the movie, though. There's like full-on... Penetration in the Finally, what really? the people have been asking for. Right. Willem <laughs> yeah. Dafoe dick. Give us Willem's <laughs> dick! I was hoping for it in Speed 2, but yeah. no avail. Well, you know, maybe Sandra got... No. <laughs> Probably not. That's in the director's cut. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, the director's, director's cut. But what, she, what was she really doing on that boat anyway? That movie was Running away from awful. Keanu. <laughs> she should have been running away from that script, am I right? So we watched Hairspray, and uh, we're almost halfway through the episode, but I feel like it's going to be okay. <laughs> we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. So Ben chose this because he uh, oftentimes chooses movies that are out of our wheelhouse, which is a good idea. The last time we did this, it was Blue Valentine, and uh, it, it was okay. It I was, didn't like it, really. It was, it was an, we had an intellectual discussion. I, don't I didn't even feel like there was a whole Blue lot Valentine. to analyze in Blue Valentine. It was almost like... Uh, scripted version of a reality show almost yeah if we were doing a podcast on like uh love stories or love dramas i think it would be an it's interesting from that regard but it's not really a memorable film sorry babe Uh, (laughs) so john waters weird yeah, I feel like he's almost more interesting than Hairspray itself. Well, he, he, is. he is. Way more interesting than the movie itself. And the the few scenes with him in it were hilarious. Yeah. Uh, his pencil mustache? Yeah. Yeah, the pencil thin mustache thing? Yeah, I don't know. I was wondering where that came from. I guess it's a tribute to Little Richard. Yeah. But who decided he needed Like, I've never... It's such a weird no historical No one in their right like, mind. How am I going to pay tribute to the great Little Richard? Mm, how about that weird mustache? That yeah. He could have, you know, grown a mullet and permed it. That's what I would have done. <laughs> Spray some soul glow on that? <laughs> yeah. Let but your yeah, soul glow! Hit me three times! <laughs> Uh, I love this scene in Coming to America and they all get off the couch and there's like three <laughs> there's grease, a grease spots, spots on well, the, the couch. Uh, yeah. The most puzzling thing with this film is that if you hadn't seen it and you had just glanced at the cast, you'd probably say, wow, this is going to be amazing. And I... Um, n- um, I wouldn't have gone that far. Wow, this was going to be a little more interesting than what it ended up being. Or at least interesting. Yeah. Or entertaining. It's like... It, it, I, I get. I get, did a good job. I'm just kidding. Wrong one. <laughs> they did oh, remake no! this. One. No, they did remake Hairspray. Yeah. No. Uh, Divine as a character, he that dude is just strange. Anyway. Yeah. You know? I want to do a whole episode and, on Divine. Wow. Yeah. Um, no. No, I I couldn't. Stu but, realized he's got to give uh, yeah, Freckles n- a bath that night. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that. The, 
they could have just thrown Divine in as himself, and and it would have made more sense to me than that gigantic transvestite outfit that he's wearing in there. I just mm-hmm. it was just awful. Yeah, the scenes at the house are really disturbing. To they me were too. really disturbing. The whole house coat thing and the the constant chain smoking and the yeah. I mean, I get what they were going for. I do, and I get also the whole rock and roll dance and the how music being brings people together. I get where the message is. I just don't get the movie. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I'm sorry. Ricky Lake. <sighs> It'd be interesting to talk to my Gigi about it because I can't decide if it's a movie that's more aimed for people who were very much not around in that time or if it's trying to be an accurate portrayal of the 50s? I, I think it's or still... Or 1962 think, is when the movie takes place. I think it's still the lampoon of of that era more yeah. than anything else because everybody's a little bigger than life, literally in some cases. Everybody's a little, um, a little more outwardly bigoted to the point of... I mean, though, like the, the young woman's mother... Who freaks out when her daughter goes to the with with Ricky Lake's character? Prudence, Prudence. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when she's in the neighborhood with nothing but black people around oh, her, yeah, yeah, and, that's and awesome. the, you're gonna fall. You're wearing heels. Exactly. I mean, it was just, and then even the cop ends up being black, and she just loses her shit. You know, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and so I was like, you know what? Eh, okay, maybe this did happen, but it's still a. It's still an exaggeration. It's it's well beyond. Yeah, the, you know. But it's kind of interesting too because from 1962 until 2016, the changes that our culture has made, like societally huge. and culturally, yeah, huge. And and like we're, we don't have to get into a moral dilemma, but you hear s- stories of people in their high school in 1962 and like the things that they say and and things that were done. It sounds like a parody. You know, because we have to use our moral compass and then apply that to a situation that took place only 50 years ago. And it's like unbelievable. Well, yeah. And we're still dealing with those situations, obviously, with all the shootings and everything that have been going on. Police shootings. We just have a new problem. And and it's just it's it's now to the point where, I mean, I don't know what what's going to change things, obviously, now. But back then, I think that 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 time at least there were those those people that were around who were very o- openly bigoted obviously and and refusing to do business with with you know anybody who who sympathized with african american culture at that point and music was a big thing at that point where white kids were were paving the way for everybody i think but in a lot of ways because they were the most accepting of of the music cuz it was against their parents and everything else so plus to it's the the classic tale. I mean, if you go back to a prior decade in Elvis, well, where did Elvis really get his musical inspiration? It wasn't from other white artists. No, it was from blues artists. I mean, it was truly was. Uh, and and so, I, I yeah. It the argument the argument then becomes: Well, is this a movie about race? Is this a movie about being a um, you know a dance queen on a American Bandstand esque? television show or what is this movie about and it is about race it is about civil civil rights and everything else but it, it goes about it in such a way that i just it was ridiculous well plus to what they're I, I think what they're trying to accomplish you know is oh yeah well we can all be beautiful inside accept each other blah 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 i felt like the the live production that i saw was much better than the movie itself because I think it's more conducive to well, it's live built, theater. It's built for the stage, isn't yeah. it? Originally, this was a stage production, wasn't it? And and so, because it was an originally a stage production, it lo- it has that feeling. Oh, yeah. Everything to me. is way Everything over-exaggerated. Is way over-exaggerated. Way, well, you know, and, and with the limited, uh, even the scenery, you know, mm-hmm. while it was broader in this than it would have been on stage, you could see how each of those places could easily have been built on a stage. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean even, it was even not a drab house was so yeah. larger than life, and it was just like that wood paneling. It was it was really just that one room that they showed, that right? Living room, and right? You could the see living into room the kitchen, and see into the kitchen. Yeah, it could have totally been like a two D uh, live studio audience right, set. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And I think a lot of those actors were coming from the stage. 
Well, uh, well Jerry Stiller, uh, just to name one, you know, I mean, he was old vaudeville, you know, I mean, he did all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and a divine is, was, is, I don't, you know, I can't even call him a, an actor. He's an entertainer. You have to. He's an entertainer. He, he entertains. He doesn't necessarily act. I mean, he's been acting his entire life, so. Have you seen Pink Flamingos? I have not. But you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I had to do some reading on Divine because I had this really visceral image in my head of Divine and that tight pink dress with the mermaid cut. Right. Holding the yeah. revolver. Do you know the box that I'm talking about? I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I haven't seen yep. the movie either. Uh, I think it's like a movie within a movie, um, but pretty disturbing, and it's supposed to look like um, like a documentary. But he was in like four or five John Waters movies. Well, I think, yeah. Yeah. He and John Waters did quite a few together, obviously. But I think that John Waters is just as out, outrageously strange as Divine is. Yeah, this is probably it, the most like, noble film he did, if we can oh, call yeah, it Oh, yeah, if you really want to go there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the interesting, yeah, it, it just, his movies are so bizarre. And they have these larger-than-life, really bizarre characters in them. I mean, the doctor that he plays, that was just ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> that machine that he had was just awful. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of made his career on like uh, capitalizing on trash cinema, and 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 it's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess. No, I no, really, no, no. I, I mean, love Serial Mom. Uh, you, okay. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Classic. Yeah, but again, but I think. I can't even call Ricky Lake an actress either. She was a talk show host. Yeah, Later, she afterwards, an she yeah, was an yeah, actress yeah. first, but she then became a talk show host. What is she doing now? Is she still acting? I don't even think she is. I don't know. I mean, I she's... I saw her name wouldn't it be weird if I had that answer ready for you? you? Well, it would. Let me see what the most recent thing is that she's done here. I don't think she's done anything for quite some time. I take that back. She was in something uh, 2016... Crazy ex-girlfriend. She was dream ghost number one. Wow. So she wasn't even a, a, a named character in that at, one. At least she so. wasn't dream ghost number three. Yeah, she right, was the first right. dream ghost. She was the headlining nope. dream ghost. First string dream ghost. First string dream ghost. <laughs> that means something. It does. I mean, she probably got paid with more Subway sandwiches than the other dream ghosts did. Oh, I, it is my gut sh- feeling that this was probably fresh. the highlight of Ricky Lake's career. Yeah, I got like a good show. halfway through it, and I was like, oh, yeah, Ricky Lake's in this. Where yeah. is she? And it took me a minute. And then you realized. But she did She did good. Oh, no, she, if for, yeah, for what it was, she did just fine, you know? I, I, I feel like a lot of these period pieces that are kind of have the race wars as the backdrop either, and obviously it depends on the genre of movie, and it's rarely a comedy, but it either takes the perspective from the black person side and trying to trying to give you an idea of everything that they've been through right. at least during this decade or from the white man side and how oops i'm sorry will you forgive us whatever but this was just kind of like beyond all that and just laughing at the whole situation i think so too like there was yeah, a couple lines think- where ricky lake uh she said something like oh i wish i was brown and her I boyfriend's know. like, we we we're, we got brown souls. We're just white on the outside. Right, exactly. And I'm like, I'm, that's funny. I, uh, that's that's nice. I guess you're not racist. So well, that's there are okay. some people. I mean, and there are still people now who do think that way. But seriously, in a more serious way, it's, they're just like you know, I identify more with this culture than the culture that is supposedly of my in air quotations right now people yeah, ethnicity. ethnicity. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of. A, Maybe making, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to make light of that. That's the thing with this movie. They kind of laugh at everything. So uh, you can kind of perceive the message, but you can't take it horribly seriously. But I don't really think it is, though, when you have all of this bizarre stuff going on. And then your mix of of other people that are in it, like Sonny Bono and Deborah Harry. Debbie Harry is a glam rocker from word go. And Sonny Bono. Blondie. 
She's oh, blondie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but then you have Sonny Bono of Sonny and Cher's fame, of course. And those two were huge in the 70s. And then now he's doing this after they broke up, obviously. And, and she became kind of a glam rocker. She's mm-hmm. like the... She's like the poster child for transvestites, even though she's, you know, a straight white and woman. And that was before Chaz. Oh, yeah. Transitions. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That was right. Just kind of well a happy before. accident. That well before, yeah. Um, 10, 15 years before Chaz yeah. even came out, so, yeah. I feel like, especially after Blazing Saddles, it's funny, too, because that was the last one we did. But That's true, yeah. If you're going to make a movie that's kind of centered around this, you have to decide early on in production, or like even before that with the scripting, we're not going to use Stu's favorite, the N-word. You know, <laughs> you have to like intentionally avoid that. And Absolutely, maybe it's yeah. because people will be like, okay, they said it, now I'm listening, they better, they better have a statement on society. Absolutely. You know, I yeah. think maybe that was their way of keeping things lighthearted. To say, well, again, to say Negro, because that's like... Well, again, it's, it's like this... It, John Waters is the poster child for counterculture anyway. And him trying to take on a, a, a like a tough subject like racism, it goes right in the wheelhouse because what it, I mean, all of those people in that counterculture society are always involved in, in the newest cause. You know, they're always stepping up to, to support or to and, and it's interesting how he goes about it. And he has license to go about it the way he did because of that bizarre nature then you know that he comes from so yeah keep it weird we won't take you seriously absolutely keep it weird and no one's ever going to take you seriously just do what you do john we know it's gonna be wacky put that bomb in that chick's hair whatever (laughs) exactly right what i feel like there's probably a lot of things that he wanted to do that like his inner voice was like you should see if you can do this and they're like no john (laughs) come on him trying to get away with things with and then having it actually be released that would be the 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 caveat i would imagine so i'm sitting here looking at his uh filmography directing especially he's got 18 movies 23 writing credits and every role that i've ever seen him be an actor in as soon as you see him grace the screen you like take the mentality that you're watching a John Waters movie. Absolutely. Like, I made the point he was in uh, Seed of Chucky, which is <laughs> pretty funny. Horrible. Me and Ben. Oh, yeah. Me and Ben were talking about this <laughs> oh, last my. night. Like the whole origin story of Chucky is so dumb. I feel like it's, it's just, yeah. At some point, they're like, you know what? Let's totally forget about this horror thing and just fill it with blood, yep. tits, and. Um, humor screaming teenagers oh yeah, yeah. that one in, in leprechaun yeah not oh really, oh not god to what be a taken horrible seriously. movie yeah no not at all jennifer aniston's crowning achievement oh my gosh i forgot that she was in that yeah i have a vhs of oh that and it has a little like star clip art and then like a really super gritty grainy picture of jennifer aniston and it says starring jennifer aniston yeah it's like who no. would never claim it now definitely not, not starring jennifer she aniston. is paid with, with jennifer aniston she has yeah. paid to have herself removed from the film yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah jennifer aniston is to leprechaun what david fincher is to alien 3 <laughs> all right and even if yeah. it did star jennifer yeah. aniston it's not really a selling point for no. me. <laughs> well, for some people it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest. But for the Jennifer like the Aniston completists of, out there. Of any of the existing friends, she is doing the best so far. Yeah. Yeah, she is. But I can't imagine Maybe anybody. Maybe do for a comeback any time now. I just Please, feel bad no. for that. Uh, I feel bad for that one clueless girl who's walking through the video store as if they exist anymore. And she yeah. sees Leprechaun, and she's like, ooh, I like Friends. I'll try this out. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's, kind of it's an hour and a half of Warwick Davis wandering around in an awful outfit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is awful, too. I tried so hard to like those movies. Yeah. Can't even appreciate those movies. No. I did just see the new... Uh, ben, close your ears. You're not going to like this. Rob Zombie Halloween, the third one. No, not so much. No. You don't like Rob Zombie? Well, I I feel like his films are just long music videos. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, which sometimes that that works, but if there's no substance behind the images, you're just okay. Okay, this is a vignette essentially. Okay, I'm waiting for the vignette to end. Oh, it's one long vignette. When is it gonna stop? 
I know. It's like he's got yeah. really expensive equipment and he like draws people in like, whoa, he's doing movies now. But as far as like story wise, I don't know. Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, they just left me with a headache. House of a Thousand Corp- Corpses made me laugh. Yeah. More than anything. But, like, in a good way? Like, uh, you were surprised it just, by it? No, I, not even a good way. It was just kind of, what is this, you know? Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre much? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine if you, like, are going to put some of your influences in there. Like, I guess it's funny that you said that because I was reading about his John Waters' favorite movies. And his favorite movies are Wizard of Oz, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which is a really weird movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 and the and 120 Days of Sodom, which I can assume is probably a strong R. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, but I don't want to watch a movie and be like, "Wow, Rob Zombie just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre last night." <laughs> exactly. And yeah, that's not really it's not really paying tribute. It's more just like blatantly ripping off. In a lot of ways. You're absolutely right. It and was. there's yeah. not a lot of ingenuity or creativity that comes out of that process. That's kind of how I feel about his stuff. Although I did like uh, the first Halloween that he did. I thought that was fascinating. Because I think it's interesting. I that don't know that I saw that. That was what? 90-something? No, it was 2000, Was I it think. in 2000? Yeah. Okay. It's, because uh, they were still... They, because I want to say that... They were still doing the Halloween. Yeah, they were still, still doing the actual... Halloween. Yeah, like the H2O. H2O. Yeah. And, oh, jeez. The one in... The H2O, like water and... The water. The one later. in space. And but if Jamie Lee Curtis signs on for it, I guess... She gets paid. Joke, yeah, yeah, she gets paid, them. yeah. Well, then see, that's the thing. I mean, she knows that it's all just camp and garbage. But oh, yeah. You know She's what? on that Scream Queen show that Absolutely, I keep wanting yeah. to watch. Is that on Fox? I want to say it's on Fox. Yeah, it's either Fox or FX, one or the other. Probably Fox, if I had to guess. But but she hasn't been in any of the Rob Zombie ones, no. so who knows. No. I think it's an interesting story, and I think it's fascinating that, like, so many years later, I mean, I know they're still spitting out some Hellraiser films, like, straight to DVD, but I think it's Are they really? Yeah. There was, well, the last, I th- it's been a few years since the last one, but it was so <laughs> terrible that they decided that they needed to do Hell a reboot, <laughs> and Clive Barker, I believe, will at least direct, and they'll have Doug Bradley back as Pinhead. That was like the biggest Clive Barker. Yeah, he wasn't in the last Clive one, Clive Barker right? is dead, though. Huh? Clive Barker's dead. Didn't He's he still just alive. Die? I thought he just died recently. I, I just saw a Facebook post with his artwork. Clive really? Barker I believe he's still alive. I thought he was dead. Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. All right. Well, who am I thinking then that he probably, well, Clyde Barker, by all means, probably should be dead. Well, he's been very ill for a long time, hasn't he? Because I want to say I heard a a podcast with uh, Hardwick and Barker, Chris Hardwick, through the Nerdist. I want to say that I heard a podcast and he was not doing super great at that point. Let alone so, probably not writing. Yeah. Well, no, he's been, still been writing, but not a lot. So. He somehow made it to age 63. It's pretty good for this day and yeah. age, for, uh, for the industry. Remember when Tony Scott killed himself? God, that was terrible. I, was I don't know Tony who Scott, Tony Cox is. Nah, you said Stony Cox. I don't know who Tony Scott that is. That was yeah, his. Tony Cox. Tony Cox. I was going to say, you brought up Nymphomaniac. I said, any movie that lasts that long the, with the name of Nymphomaniac, I probably have only made it for, through the first five to ten minutes anyway. Well, it's interesting, too, that you, you brought up Rob Zombie because I think John Waters and Rob Zombie kind of have. Uh, this, not the uh, same aesthetic going on, but they're like, hey, look at all these wacky ideas I have. And sometimes right. the film will kind of crumble in on itself with those ideas because I think outside of Hairspray, I've only seen Cry Baby and Cecil B. Demented. <laughs> Cecil B. Demented was like that where there's really not a whole lot going on. There's this director who kidnaps this um, heralded actress and forces her to be in his film. It's just like, well, this isn't going anywhere, and it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just like, hey, look at how you know bizarre this right. is. Is it real violent or real vulgar? Is it like pushing the envelope? Not a whole lot compared. I mean, I think that one, I, I just had it pulled up, was in 2000. So at that point, you know, you have to be 
really hardcore. Uh, probably it has to be a, ho- a horror film from Korea, one of the Koreas, right? In order yeah. to one be of the pushing envelopes. Yeah, no, a, a documentary from North Korea. Yeah, or a horror film from South Korea. Yeah, <laughs> holy yeah. crap! Yeah. Uh, Tony Scott was Ridley Scott's brother. Oh. And he directed uh, Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days okay. of Thunder. There, okay, now, I, now I've made the correct connection. Romance. Which, by the way, um, speaking of that era of film, did you see that they just released a Lethal Weapon television show? Yes. What? With one of the Wayans as the Murtaugh still two days from retirement? Who? Oh yeah, that's what I is think. It the, is it the They're same really characters? close. No, it, it is the same character. I think it's Murtog and yeah, and Riggs. So, yeah. I bet you it's got a synthesizer soundtrack. I don't know. I didn't probably watch the not. first one. Probably no, not though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's modernized music but... in the the TV spots that they've had because I've seen the the commercials for that during you know football games and. I just have to. I mean, I guess I'm not really surprised. It's it's hard for me to even be upset by any of this anymore. It's I just, know it's like uh, now I'm just indifferent because they're going to remake everything anyway. They will. Whatever. They'll eventually remake everything that we hold dear, and then you know. So it is interesting though with TV. Uh, me and Anna were just talking about this. We're rewatching Sopranos right now. Oh yeah, because we're at a lull with TV. So are we? We're 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 kind of in that that. In between space, where they're uh, all of the shows that we like, are, they're they're either ending their seasons or they're just or haven't waiting. begun yet. Mm-hmm. Like with Walking Dead coming up not too long from now, you know. And Luke Cage. Man. The Luke Cage. I keep wanting one, to say yeah. Johnny Cage, but that's definitely no, not going to be a Netflix no. show. Not Mortal no. Kombat. Oh, no. yeah, who who knows? Maybe they'll make a Maybe Johnny they'll Cage standalone series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. We just watched a movie that was produced by James Gandolfini, which is really weird. But um, that show defined him in oh yeah in, my in a lot of ways yeah and i yeah. was reading about um he was i guess a very difficult person to work with and had a lot of uh drug and alcohol issues oh wow okay. specifically cocaine yeah. and there's a lot of scenes very emotionally charged scenes where not like saying like he was he was fucked up in that scene but when you have a drug and alcohol problem and it starts to affect other parts of your life it it comes through uh, where you don't expect it, and there are certain there are certain scenes and certain performances in Sopranos that is beyond good. It's like scary good. And Ray Liotta was mm-hmm. supposed to play Tony Soprano, yeah, and he said no because why would I ever sign up to be in a TV show? Because movies I'm a movie are... star, right? And so now Whatever. through oh how things have changed, <clears throat> oh how things have changed, yeah, yeah. Westworld starring Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> no kidding, and Ed Harris. I can't wait to see that one. That that's be coming out on October twelfth. Yeah. Very cool. So that's cool, and I it mean makes sense to me. I mean, it seems like it would be more obvious. Uh, I guess job security when you know it's paying out like Netflix. Well, with somebody like Hopkins, I mean, you got to think the man doesn't have to work. He's choosing to do it out of the love of the art. And if it's good art to begin with, good script writing, everything else, why not be a part of it, regardless of whether it's a TV show or a, or a state one-off film, you know? He was probably friends with Yul Brenner. He's that cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. They probably played a lot of badminton together. Like, manly men. <laughs> Badminton. I noticed you put badminton in quotes. What are you implying, Ben? I didn't. I know you didn't. I went like this. I'm just taking advantage of the radio. Boo! The Boo. people yeah. can't see us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We're kind of at a at a lull. Well, and why is your well, beard no, made of bees, Jimmy? Bees, 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 bees. I'm the Wicker Man. Oh, no, which is no. now on Netflix, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, they it? just oh, added no. that to Netflix. Yes. Tell me it's the Nicolas Cage one. The Nicolas Cage Oh, one. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yep. so good. And I'm kind of just tired of uh, the selection process that happens with Netflix. Oh, I know. Where, yeah. like, even when I'm by myself, it's just so excruciating. Yeah, well, there's so much out there now. And and a lot of it you've seen before or, you know, you're not even sure you want to take a chance on it because God knows if you get hooked on a whole new series or something. Oh, yeah. I, I meant movies, and, but series for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, Stranger Things for that mm-hmm. instance. You know, I mean. Stephen King font got me. I was like, I didn't even know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I saw, I saw the font. I'm like, I'm that going looks to like a Stephen King. Yeah. I'm at least so going to watch neon, this to figure I out. I know I'm going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> but very good, you know, and then couldn't stop watching it so 
I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for the. Uh, did they? Did Jessica Jones get a second season? Yeah. Okay. Good. Because that one I can't wait for too. I think it's interesting that you know. Again, we. I know we've come back to this a couple of different times, but the Marvel universe is doing it so well right now. You know, really taking those those lower level characters, you know, those lower powered characters, if you will, and and making their story so compelling that you don't necessarily need all the flash of some of the bigger bigger stuff. Pretty much I the like opposite. All, I like the small. <laughs> Pretty much opposite everything that uh, is happening with the DC universe. <laughs> I was going to bring up Slipknot. Uh, spoiler alert: He just is there to die in Suicide Squad. Not that anyone cared about him to begin with, but it's just hilarious that. That's what they're they're doing, and it seemed to me I I was entertained by Suicide Squad. I haven't Don't seen it yet. Yeah, but my, my daughter saw it, and she seemed to think it was fun, though. It's so. uh, it's one of those deals where I think they, in certain spots, try to make it too much like Guardians of the Galaxy, especially with soundtrack cues. A little campy. Yeah, it was entertaining, but it just fell back to a lot of the the flaws that other you know, comic book ad- adaptations have where it's okay, world ending, super villain, blah, blah, right. blah, CGI, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of really fun moments and I was entertained. Right. like, I didn't expect it to be, you know, this hard hitting, you know, film that addressed social, social issues or oh, no. was serious no. in any way at all. You so. knew what you were getting into. I did think it was funny that as soon as the movie bombed, Jared Leto was like trying to disengage and he was like, right. I, I didn't like that my character right. was not very, just, like, I you was know what? tricked. Just, he said he was tricked into please. taking the role. Don't even, don't even, just own it. Just make sure <laughs> that you don't sign up for it again if you feel that bad about it. I mean, there are so many hey, actors I didn't who want to do, do so it. many. I didn't want to do but, it. Yeah, they held a gun to my head. You right know what the there. ironic part is? When he released that quote, which I think was from a <laughs> 30 Seconds to Mars rock star camp thing. Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, he's he a rock star. He had not seen his performance, <clears throat> and he doesn't see a lot of his performances. In fact, he's known for not watching the films watching that he's in. Films, yeah. So his quote was not based on... His assessment of Suicide Squad after watching it was just based on, you know, secondhand, oh, this is being panned oh. by critics. Well, so. that should be interesting, yeah. Plus, too, I mean, uh, from a financial standpoint, I don't think Suicide Squad did too bad. I think no, it no, they made, made their money back. Money. Yeah, yeah after, made their money and by then this some. time they did. Oh, they yeah, did no well. problem. That's I mean, thing. you're always going to recruit, recoup your, your money on a movie. Even if it's marginal, you're still going to recoup your money on a on a costume hero movie right now because they're so huge. You know what I mean? Um, it's just making it original and fun to watch. That's going to be the problem going forward because, again, Marvel Universe has done it so well. They've made amusing characters, put them in difficult situations, and still walked away feeling like these are human beings. These are human characters for the most part. And mm-hmm. it's, it made it interesting. <laughs> Whereas, I'm sorry... Uh, uh, Batman versus Superman. I mean, come on! It could have been. I didn't see Batman versus Superman. So it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. But the most interesting part was the last half hour when Wonder Woman showed up in her all of her glory, and basically bought brought a little bit of excitement and fun to the film. What was so seemed like just a chore to watch. Excruciatingly long, again, origin story almost sort of thing, you know? Remember me? I'm the guy who doesn't like kryptonite. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hey, remember me? My parents are totally dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, so. I'll see it. I'll see it. It's interesting with the making of the money back because as far as, like, distribution rights goes and, like, a movie can totally bomb, which I think... Uh, um, Batman versus Superman definitely did, and it's theatrical release. But in the then, grand scheme of things, it did. But, it, but then with this distribution between Blu-ray and DVD and the iTunes network, yep. and then you transition that to like Daredevil and uh, Stranger Things. How do the, how does I mean? I'm I know there's like distribution deals that I don't know about that I haven't like read about, but I don't. I haven't even. Se- I think House of Cards is the only Netflix show that I've ever seen uh, distributed on. DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen any others yet either. But I think with Netflix, I think that they're going to do this. They're going to avoid putting that sort of thing out on DVDs and whatnot because they want people to come to their product. They don't want them to have a hard copy of it so they would not need to use their product. True. So as long as it's available through Netflix, why in the world would you go and buy it? It's just something to take up room in your house. They 
put House of Cards out, I think that was kind of like, let's put our toe in the water and see what happens. And it, maybe it attracted an older generation mm-hmm. who is not as comfortable with technology or whatnot. But again, it, I, I don't think they'll ever go full bore with a dis- distribution out. Yeah, because I guess it. you do make money, but you also pay millions of dollars to have all that. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, the production cost of the DVDs themselves would probably be exorbitant, you would think. It's kind of like the physical bookstore that Amazon... Yeah. Set up. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, wait, you're supposed to be all about distributing right. all of this through, you know, of course you need a, a factory, warehouses, you know, but this is all about online purchases. But then you kind of go against the grain of that idea by setting up a physical bookstore. I, I know they have one, the very yeah. least, in Seattle. Yeah, I didn't know that. They have an actual brick-and-mortar store. Yeah, yeah. they that do. That is crazy. And a lot of it's just about pushing their, like, I feel like it's a little like fucking the Barnes & Noble. A little bit, yeah. We took away your business, but now we're going to horn in on it, too. Or, yeah. Or on the, the curbside business now, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it's only a matter of time before Netflix has a theatrical release. Of something. It would be, be interesting, interesting to see if they did that. But would they hmm. – I mean their production company obviously is growing by leaps and bounds. And, and they, they, they are having great luck with their writing obviously too. I mean Stranger Things is just wonderful. But, um, but I don't know. It would be interesting to see what, that ends, what ends up happening with that. I think that they would almost be counterproductive for them. Yeah, because I mean they um... – they still have their deals where they send out uh, Anna's mom. As she still gets uh, one disc per month with Netflix. We do so, too. Like, yeah, they make yeah. them. Because they don't stream some. Yeah. Right. Of and, yeah, or a decent don't. amount of them they don't yeah. stream. I should say that. I mean, they're still successful, but for one reason or another, they won't always secure streaming rights to film. So if you're you know, really wanting to see a new release... That's the way to go. I think we're still yeah. on one disc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, just we do the same. We do the same, yeah. I think and we've we had do, the same we, disc we, for a year, though. The ones that they don't stream are usually the brand new ones that come out. You yeah. Know, and that are the high-profile studio productions and mm-hmm. whatnot. So. Which you can buy on iTunes for 20 bucks, like a week after they've been released into the theater. Really? Which is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. That's, I, I don't, don't even know. know. How they, yeah, I don't know how they would that's get away nuts. with that. And I yeah. know that whenever Netflix adds a bunch of stuff, they also dump a bunch of stuff. They do, yeah. And they make it public. And I try to uh, stay in touch with... What's being added. Don't you wish... It, Netflix, if you're listening to this podcast, you should make an option so that I can remove movies from the Netflix like menu that I know I'm never going to watch. That'd be nice. Be a little more selective. Like yeah. you have a little box in the corner and you can click on it and it'll only – but see, then that also – by giving that option, it's like with uh, satellite and cable companies right now. If you are, If they were to give you an option to absolutely remove every channel that you don't watch – We'd all be reduced to six channels again, for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, because all of the high-profile, interesting things are on those six channels. So they want you to get hooked by that. Oh, I'm just going to scroll by this. Oh, look at the cover. Oh, what what is this? Oh, my wife is a real good one for that. She'll put things on that you know, are done by independent, you know, filmmakers and whatnot, and it, it just drives me bats. I can't stand those things because yeah. it's all about. Real life and everything else, and why? If I wanted to watch real life, I'd just live it. I wouldn't watch it in a movie. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I don't know that they're ever going to ever give us that opportunity just for the marketing of it, if nothing oh, else. Oh yeah, because they get, you know they gain uh, field market research just from us skipping past things. Was, absolutely. Yeah. So what's so interesting about House of Cards is that they didn't need a test audience because they know what we watch, they know what time we watch it, they know what actors we like, they know what directors we like. Like, what do you think they've been doing with all this research? They it's, it almost gets into like conspiracy territory, almost. But it's well, it's marketing and it's and it's advertising and it's. it's I can speak show to business. that too because mm-hmm. I'm not sure what their full technical capabilities are. But coming from a marketing department, I know you can get apps now where um, you can, and this is live too. You can <clears> monitor <throat> someone looking at your web page, where they go, what they click. It's called a heat map, and there's somewhere you can just figure out what actions they're taking and how long, I mean, you can figure out how long they're spending on the page. So there's a lot of technology out there that you may consider it spying on people because it kind of is. You're well, Google's been doing. doing that for years. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. So it, if they're that hard up to spy on what I'm looking at, more power to them. Well, plus too, <laughs> they, some people are putting in some great, once again, air quotes, 
or not so great requests on Google because I don't know how it is for everyone else, but I was going to look up how to do something. And I just typed in how to, and the first result that it automatically filled in was how to get away with murder. It's like, and you're going to try to Google that. It's like, hey, the police can kind of look at your search yeah, record. Your search you're history an idiot if you're yeah. searching that in the first place. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Netflix. And it's all Netflix's fault that Google did that. Yeah. In my eyes. Yeah. Because right. of that stupid making a murderer show. So what, what movie were we talking about again? <laughs> well, yeah. we talked about it a little bit. But yeah, we did. Sadly, yeah. I feel like about. we covered everything I wanted to cover. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I don't have anything Corey against Collins. musicals per se. Um, I, would, I wouldn't watch it again. Collins. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I guess if I'm going to watch a musical, I want to be like emotionally thrust into something or I want to like feel something inside. Like um, I wasn't a big fan of Les Miserables, but that's that's got that sort of like gut wrenching tonality. Right. Right. And like my favorite musical is West Side Story and I'll cry every time they do Maria. But with this one, it's like it's not really there's not enough um, gut to like draw me in. Well, it's not meant to. Right. It's all yeah, surface. Exactly. I mean, it's this whole thing, it's all, goofy... it's all surface. They're, I mean, and it's like the, the paint that Divine wears on his face. Mm-hmm. It's all surface. You know, go below it, and there might be something interesting down there, but you might not want to see it either. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's all wanna... just surface glam for, for Waters. I don't, don't want to so. look in the John Waters closet. No, no. Aside from the skeletons, uh, yeah. It's, Boom! It is not a closet. It is an armoire. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. A um, wardrobe, if you will. There so, next week we will be doing Seven Samurai, finally. The seven-part episode based on the yeah. length of the film. Based yeah, on the length not, of the film, yeah. Yes, so but after, l- yeah, we'll, leave we'll us talk a suggestion. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Ch- check us out on the Movie Show Theater Facebook page. Uh, we're here every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Well, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for supporting us. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. If you want to get a hold of us, go to our SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Movie Show Theater. So until next Tuesday, I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Ben Snowden. I'm Stuart Randolph. And this has been Movie Joe Theater. <laughs>